Welcome to episode 408 of the Doctor of the Day. I've got a new podcast. My name is David, and I'm your host, Hello. Today we're going to talk about episode 3 of Shada. We have a reprise of our previous scene with the Doctor trying to escape under the, the gate, the fence. The... The sphere is coming closer and closer to him, and then in the background we hear the TARDIS materializing, and the sphere is scared away by this. So Romanus is quick, quick doctor into the TARDIS, and so they get back in, inside and dematerialize. Um, Romana explains to the doctor that uh, she had canine trace the sphere, and that's how she, they were able to find him. Um, the doctor stops to and retrieves the book as the um, back in the study as the TARDIS dematerializes in the street Chris Parsons is with the professor and the professor's body disappears the TARDIS returns the doctor comes out and asks who he is and where the professor is he says well I'm Chris Parsons and I was a friend of the professor's and he just he just disappeared and um, the doctor says, well, it must have been, he must have been on his last regeneration. And he said that someone had taken his mind. Um, and he said, yes, Skagra. Um, he says, Skagra, he recognized the name. He, he, he's met him now. Um, he says, yes, um, the professor said three things before he died. He said, beware of the sphere, beware of Skagra, and beware of Shada. And the doctor says Shada because um, he recognizes it and said you know what that is yes and um, I think we need to have a you know, he needs to find this Skagra and talk to him about killing his killing a time lord and as well as his friend so um, canine can't trace his fear right now because of no activity uh, so he, they say, let's all wait in the TARDIS until you can track the sphere again. There's a fisherman quietly sitting on the river, and the sphere comes along and attacks this fisherman, who falls into the water. Claire, at the, the lab, has, has fallen asleep, is wakened by a teletext and uh, grabs the paper and rushes out and then she comes to comes calling at the professor's rooms um, just as the TARDIS dematerializes because K-9 has detected the sphere's activity again. She's knocking on the door as they disappear. They rematerialize in a field, a cow field, and see the sphere across the field from them and then it seems to vanish. The doctor says, did you just see what I didn't see? It just disappeared, Chris Parsons says. So we learn that the sphere had reports to Skagra that the doctor has escaped and that the doctor is coming towards the ship. So the doctor walks across the field and kind of bangs into the ship and then says, you know, canine says something about being there. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me that? There was something there, you stupid animal. Says, I thought you could see it. So he uh, asks, they ask K9 um, where it's from. 
and who doesn't know that or what it's powered by and who doesn't know that then they ask what it looks like says well it's large as well it's 100 meters long the doctor um, feels along the hull of the spacecraft craft and finds uh, that there is something there um, and then they say, oh, where's that carpet come from? There's a red carpet in the grass. And this has appeared because Skagra has uh, instructed the ship to let them on. Doctor says, uh, the doctor suspects a trap and, because the sphere is, is uh, he can't see the sphere in the ship. And then the Romana, Canine, and Parsons are all surrounded by glowing lights and they disappear. The doctor addresses Skagra for the death of the professor. Skagra says he was only interested in the old man's mind. And he assures the doctor that his friends will be safe if only he will do as he says. Claire, meanwhile, is looking about inside the professor's uh, study. She seems to be looking for the book, I think, that um, Chris had. No, she can't be looking for the book. She knows the doctor took it. She's looking around, but it's not clear what she's looking for, is it? Claire? Yeah. It's not clear. I think she was looking for the professor, and she just starts being nosy. Maybe she's looking for other books like it. Maybe. So the doctor is um, told under duress, he's, he's made to try to translate the book. Um, he, he tries to play dumb and uh, with Skagra, and so Skagra turns the sphere on him, and the sphere attaches to the doctor, and he cries out in, uh, in pain as this happens. Romana... Parsons and K-9, meanwhile, are in a doorless cell. Um, K-9 can't read the material the place is made out of. He can't read anything from it. And then he hears... Um, sorry. Um, Romana is trying to examine it as well. And tries to ask ask him to run some other thing analysis and it's insufficient data and she's all blasted and then canine shortly afterwards tries to and it's blast proof as well um, then canine hears voices and he says well there's a new voice added and it must be it's the voices from the sphere and he recognizes the doctor's voice in there Claire uh, has left the rooms and runs into Watkins and tries to find out where the professor is when he might be back because she needs to try to warn him that the book that he lent Parsons was a radioactive book and it is absorbing energy and um, uh, very dangerous. He tells her to wait in the professor's rooms. Um, I don't remember what he was going to go off to do. K-9 still can't get any readings of the sphere or of anything. And Romana says, oh, I wish I could get out of here. And a light appears over her, and she does get out of there. Um, Parsons tries it. Um, 
several times and the wishing does not work for him. Louis then sees Skagra walking Romana out of the ship and the sphere follows them. Uh, Parsons again tries to wish his way out and he's like, well, why did it work for her? Romana and Skagra go to the TARDIS. She says, I hope you don't, you don't think I'm going to open that for you. He says, no, I have the doctor's key. So then he opens the door and they go inside and dematerialize. Claire, meanwhile, is back in the study looking for other books, looking around the study. She finds a key on the mantelpiece and goes and sees a locked a cabinet with an old-fashioned looking lock. So she tries it and it opens and there's some strange machinery and insulation and wires. Uh, and then as she touches something in there, a panel above this, this desk type cabinet slides open and there are other switches and dials and buttons. And she touches one of them and they light up. And then she touches another switch and the curtains or the window the panel slides across the window. Then the panel kind of bursts and sparks and the room sh uh, shimmies kind of uh, shakes and she falls uh, with the motion. Watkins comes knocking later and as he opens the door, there's no room there. There's like blue screen swirliness. The doctor comes to within the ship and Skagra is gone and with the sphere the ship actually wonders why the doctor is not dead and uh, he says well he played dumb so that the sphere only copied his mind and didn't draw so heavily on it and so he was it didn't kill him so the doctor tries to trick trick the ship that he's really dead so that his companions will be freed and then the ship just thinks and then um, turns off the oxygen. So the doctor is struggling for air and as he's falling unconscious, he hears the ship say, well, dead men don't need oxygen. And we end. <laughs> Several things that are kind of problematic. It was it's an alright episode. It's kind of slow. Um, you know, some a couple big things happen, but um, I would say this is also the first episode that's really suffered from the missing segments. Yes, I think so. The other ones, the, the pieces that were filled in by uh, Tom Baker's narrative were were alright. This, you know, it would have been kind of better to see some of these. Yes, definitely. Uh, especially with the talking ship, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like we're, we're missing a whole character, you know. A lot of what happens on the ship actually would have been nice to have seen. Yeah. Not just the bit at the end. Right. So the, the doctor's in... Revenge mode, kind of, you know, he, he sees that the professor is, is gone and has been killed and is gone. Um, and so he has that in his 
you know, Arsenal he used against Skagra when he meets him again. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one bit of humor when they see the sphere disappear. This is, did you just see what I didn't see? It was kind of a cute turn of words, but um, not so great was when Ramana just says in, in anger, oh, blast it. it. There's a huge delay between when she does this and when K-9 actually uses his blaster. I mean, you actually see her um, slowly like ducking and getting down on the floor in preparation for him blasting, which is what she did not mean for him to do. And then it takes forever to bounce. Yeah. And then, oh, it's blast proof. And he says something that he might, he apologizes to Ramana. It's like, quite a right or something. Like she expected him to do it, but not really, not really expected him to do it, but wasn't surprised that he did it. And it's like, it just was took so long. It's like it would, should have been a a quick reaction. She says, "Blast it!" and he just does it. Not that they have to prepare for it, right? And you know, get down on the ground because he's gonna blast when that wasn't her intention. It was just really bad. Um, <laughs> and then almost worse, they try to come back to it. Yes. And do it again. Yes. Because <laughs> Parsons says the same. And blast and he says, Oh no, never not don't no canine. Good dog. Uh, yeah, that was a very weak part. Um, but yeah, the ship that can they can um, instruct in um, seems to have be able to speak on its own and all is a very interesting character that we don't get to see. Uh, I guess the mo- one of the most important things that happen is, well, did I get this right? That the doctor, he tries to not translate the book, but the sphere gets the inf- some of the information from him anyway. I couldn't follow that very well. It yeah. was one of the segments where Tom Baker was narrating. narrating. I imagine they must have but learned. You go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. I say I imagine they must have learned something. Yeah. Because he gets Ramana and goes to the TARDIS. Yeah. And leaves in it, which is probably going to be fairly important. They've obviously forgotten that the lock is isomorphic. Scogger is the one that unlocks the TARDIS, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I thought only the Doctor and Ramona could do that. Well, I think, isn't that just before the isomorphic key? I thought they did that with uh, Leela. And with Sarah Jane. And even before, maybe. Don't remember now. Well, I knew that they had to have a key, but. It seems to me there was an episode with Sarah Jane. But I don't remember. 
where it was actually the plot hinged on it because that's how he could tell she was a double because she didn't that. remember that the key only worked for him or something like that Dozen, maybe. maybe that or the planet of spiders where she was she had the spider yeah no i think it was there was a duplicate one. so it's probably android invasion Yeah, so there was that. Yes, it there's, I guess, several continuity problems like that. The delay and the blast it thing, and then the use being able to use the key. The other important thing that happens, which is actually where I thought the ending might come, is that. Uh, as you mentioned, the, the study was awfully big for a study. <laughs> and uh, there's a control panel and machinery <laughs> hidden behind the walls. And now the room is kind of is just gone. So, you know, what we suspected was that the, the study was the professor's TARDIS. I recognized old... Uh dot matrix printer parts in the one of the control panels too. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. They had four parallel ports where you'd plug in from your computer to the printer. It's the printer end of the printer connector. Somebody obviously ripped them out of a bunch of old printers. <laughs> and by old I mean broken. Since they weren't that old, probably, at this point. Oh, no. Probably not. 1980? 79? 79 or 80, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Late no, 79 is when they were filming. Yeah. So like November. Were, those were not obsolete technology back then. No. <laughs> they are now. Matter of fact, my first printer had that same port on it, I believe. An old Epson. <laughs> I had an old Epson, too, mm -hmm. but more... Um, Actually, yeah, probably. I think it still had the same port. Oh, probably, but it was a an ancient inkjet. Yeah. So he still used the same port. Yeah. But anyway. That's kind of fun, though, that yeah. you recognize the parts. Yeah, when she flips that panel over, four parallel ports just staring at me. <laughs> hard parts for me to miss. Parts. Yep. Um, uh, what do you have? I don't have a whole lot. I don't either. It, like you said, it was mediocre. Yeah. A mediocre episode. One interesting thing they talked about is that there was the one outdoor filmed scene with K9. Mm -hmm. And they actually did the voice dubbing when they re released this in, or released this in 92. Oh. Because they had not done any of the voice work for the filmed stuff back at the time. Oh. So they actually had David Brierley come in and record his part. Oh, really? For I that film scene. So they could put it in. And also the scene that we hate where he blasts in the chamber. Yeah. That was added later. The... the CGI work for the blast oh. was done later. I 
think it looks slightly off from the other work, but it's not bad. Yeah. And I could be totally wrong. And then more about K9, I do remember seeing in the notes about that section as well as when they had the, the red carpet up to the ship and the ramp that they had to, the ramp was too steep for K9, so they had to pull, and it's like flat ground was too steep for K9. Yeah. It's no news that what, I don't know how they thought it would, his motor was going to be able to push him up any type of incline. Yeah. In fact, They're just hopeful, I guess. A lot of time in this episode is spent with K9 moving when we can't see him move. Because mm. he can't make it over whatever they're walking on. Right. Grass, carpet, a leaf, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad. Not that I expect him to be a real robotic dog, but come on. Yeah. Some functionality would be good to just really sell it. There's not a whole lot. Uh, another thing I've noticed is that the the sphere is pretty dull looking. You it, think they were going to add some stuff later? No, I think no? the problem is it looks like what it is. A bad plastic sphere. Yeah. Thin plastic sphere, no less. That's what I really think the problem is. Yeah. It's just dull plastic. Medium gray, dull plastic sphere, like what, size of a basketball? Smaller. Maybe yeah, a little smaller. About the same or a little smaller. Maybe a soccer yeah. ball. Football. Depending on where you're listening from. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like I would like it to be. They had the little con console that had the little white twinkly lights and like the um, the textured plastic panel, so that gave the kind of a twinkly little, uh, almost intelligent looking flash to it that we had with um, Mentalis in um, Armageddon Factor. Mm -hmm. um, in the console they were all sitting around in a think tank. Then they have this dull gray sphere on top of it. It's like it should be glowing. It should have a light inside or something. It should have some iridescent to it. I would think. Even spray it with, with you know Chrome spray or something. I don't know. I guess that may, might make it look too much like a disco ball. But I don't know. It needed some kind of finish to it. Yeah. It's just dull. Yeah. Dull and plasticky. Yep. Whereas the rest of that console was kind of interesting looking and well thought out looked like it it did make me think of the kind of the the end well part of red dwarf when they're the they're in the virtual reality things they're all sitting around the center 
for when we're consulting. Oh, yeah, when they come out of... Well, yeah. Spoiler for a 15-year-old episode. <laughs> when they think they've awakened in... Uh, from the reality machine or dream machine. Yeah, but don't they? They all sit around the, the console thing. I think. Well, there, are, there's a center machine, center and they machine, yeah. are spokes off of it. Yeah. If you want to think of it that way. Yeah. Yes. Makes me think of that. Yeah. Dull sphere, dull episode. <laughs> yes. That's mostly all I have to say. I'm glad they toned down Wilkins' response to seeing the room gone. They said that originally his... They said his comic instincts kicked in. And he sort of overreacted to the room having disappeared. Oh. Yeah, that I thought he kind of overreacted in the take they used. Oh. So I'm glad they toned it down. That would have been too much. It would have been way too much. Yeah. Problem is, this episode doesn't need comedy very much, I think. And Tom Baker's providing quite a bit. And so that's not helping. You mean in his uh, narration? Well, in his narration too, but I meant in the regular part of the episode. He is doing sort of non-sequitur things. In the attempt to get laughs. Like, watch that cow pat. Oh. For example. And tripping over something that's not there. Oh, that part. The part in the field there, yeah. It's, yeah, and those two are from the field. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be, you know, very upset about his, you know, the death of the Time Lord friend he was kind of uh, being a little slapstick maybe I don't know I'm probably just being too uh, too picky I don't know I keep thinking there's more to do with Watkins but maybe I'm just not remembering it or maybe it just feels like there should be because of the way he's playing. Yeah, it, it seems like a. It seems like he should. He knows more than he's letting on, for one thing. Yeah. And maybe he does. Yeah, maybe so. <clears throat> so, uh, ending. Well, do you have anything else? No, I don't have anything else. Okay, so uh, we hear of the ending this again. Um, that the the doctor tried to trick the sphere, tries to trick, first tries to trick uh, Skagra, and then gets attached to the sphere, and then he tries to trick the sphere into thinking he's not as as bright as he really is. So that his head, so that his his mind won't be completely taken, um, and then he tries to trick the ship. 
so that he can he can get out and his friends can get out and the ship turns off the oxygen and so he's dying he's passing you know losing consciousness I guess so hard to tell since we don't see it um, I imagine if he's losing consciousness we're probably not seeing the googly eyes the wide eyes of terror, you know. Right. That's probably a good thing. It, yeah, well, it yeah. Be. We're not particularly frightened. Although, well, it does look fairly dim, though, because the TARDIS is gone and Romana with it. K9 is apparently still on the ship. Well, and Romana has been abducted. Forced. Yes, Romana has been forced, taken by force from Skagra's ship with Skagra to the TARDIS, and we don't know where they've gone. So it's not that, you know, Romana can easily come to his rescue this time. Right. As she did at the beginning. So it looks looks kind of bleak, but I'm sure that there is a way out of it. Oh, yes. I'm there, sure there will be. There just aren't that many questions of, you know, how this might happen that come to mind to make it very interesting. I don't think. Yeah. Given that we've seen he doesn't really entirely need to breathe, because of his quote-unquote respiratory bypass. Oh, true. I have a hard time being even intrigued by how he's going to get out of it. There's this Tibetan relaxation trick that just put himself in, or what is the temporary coma or whatever, that he's doing this deep meditation and slow his breathing and his metabolism like he was dead. He'd just do that and wake up again. Right. So, I almost forgot about this this tune. Anything else? Just one random thing that the this his Tibetan training reminds me of is um, the, a series of books that I read from uh, Lincoln and Child with the agent. FBI agent Pendergast uh-huh. he also has Tibetan training uh. so he can do the memory palace stuff and slow his breathing and you know work his, his way through a case by doing that so, so kind of I wonder if they were influenced by Doctor Who I doubt it you don't think so? no okay well then no I don't have any else alright well join us tomorrow when we talk about part 4 of Shada. Join us then, and thank you for listening.